0: Never, ever marks the spot.
1: I am altering the deep. Pray I don't offer it any further.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that hopes when the AI singularity takes over, the Autobots will help us fight. However our luck, it'll probably be the GoBots. My name is (laughs) Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Peter. Hey, man. How are you? Uh, Pretty good. How about you? Well, Happy New Year. Welcome back. It's our first uh, show of 2023. Um, You know, I was thinking when like it was probably like a couple days before new year's eve that i was like it's 2023 Mm -hmm. now i was born in 1980 so me being into science fiction and time travel and all that stuff 2023 at one point sounded really really far into the future
1: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely but Um, we are (laughs) yeah it's, it's absolutely crazy it hasn't really even um hit me yet and um I don't know. I definitely feel like I've got the uh, post holiday blues going on. And it's it's just one of those things where it's not that I didn't enjoy my holidays to the fullest. It's just they went by so freaking fast. And like, I don't know, I definitely have that. You know, you go to a comic con- uh, comic convention and you get that post convention blues going, you know, once Monday hits. And I definitely have that post holiday blues right now <laughs> so i don't know about you Well, my post holiday
0: blues are only simple that i just didn't want to go back to work that's it
1: um, <laughs> right on right on the rest
0: of it was just fine it, it was it was a good start it was a good long stint i was off of work for 11 days so it nice. was just kind of like it was weird though i didn't sleep in the way i thought i would but hey whatever <laughs> um anyway uh yeah first episode of 2023 we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. I figured there might have been more news, but there is news tonight, so we will have things to discuss. Then there is, um, uh, yeah, and then we got our list, but we're moving into new territory, so we got to talk about like what we're excited watching and all that stuff, and then eventually we're going to be discussing our favorite films from 2022, but we saved that for the Oscars, so... Um, if this is your first time listening, wondering what our favorite movies are from 2022, we're going to wait just because we want to see what the Oscars say. There's movies that, um, we haven't gotten to watch yet that are going to be like Oscar contenders and stuff like that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so winter break wise, what you watch? Did you read anything? What's going on?
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like, um, I feel like I watched a decent amount since we had, um, Almost two weeks off of <laughs> recording the podcast, so um, I might save some stuff for next week. Actually, just because I don't want to go for too long, but uh, there is a number of uh, things that I watched. Um, well, guess what? I, I watched hardly. Up? I watched hardly anything new. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess that's not awesome, but well, I mean, it means you're off enjoying life and doing other things. I was so off enjoying. Cool. <laughs> it was
0: way too much that physically had to be done in terms of holiday nonsense. Yeah. So I get to watch what I normally would. But what I did get to watch was I got to sit down and watch some Christmas classics that I usually watch every year, you know, stuff like that. So at the end of the day, I watch stuff, just nothing new per se. There's one thing I did watch. Uh, Actually, I have two watchings to discuss, and that's really about it. So nice.
1: Um, So what do you got? Yeah. So I can start off with, uh, there's a couple things that you already watched, Drew, that I can uh, give a quick review on, but uh, I did get a chance to watch uh, Glass Onion, the new uh, Knives Out movie. Uh, This movie was great. I thought it was, um, it's really weird because the first Knives Out movie had a very, at least, like, setting-wise, and uh, a lot of the other elements seem to have, like, a lot of your typical murder mystery tropes, and uh, this movie, I feel like, barely had any of that. Like, it was, like, completely... Different kind of setting I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting like this eccentric billionaire's mansion off, you know, in some crazy island off the coast of Greece. That was not a setting I was expecting. The cast of characters were all like celebrities of some kind, like famous and really rich people. Wasn't expecting that. Um, There was just so much. And even like the, the way the story was structured was very unexpected. But Drew, I think you were you had a good point where this. The actual mystery and how everything played out in this one I thought was really really interesting. It really felt like I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that felt like this before, which was my favorite part and it really like I'd say left you guessing. Like I didn't think a lot of it was very predictable. So, I thought it was awesome. This is a Ryan Johnson movie and yeah. Every time I see a Ryan Johnson movie, I feel like there's at some point during the movie that I'm reminded that it's a ryan johnson movie because i feel like i don't know how to explain it but i feel like his sense of humor is really like always subtly there and the way things play out i feel like points out his sort of weird eccentric sense of humor and in this movie i kind of feel like how the the whole like mystery situation concludes like what happens at the end of the film was really cool and really interesting, but it's an event that I didn't necessarily expect so many people to survive and go uninjured from. (laughs) But then at the same time, I'm like, well, this is Ryan Johnson, and I feel like he does some kooky stuff like that, but he's more worried about how the story's playing out than if everything's realistic. And I think that's okay, especially for a movie with the tone that uh, Glass glass onions had so i don't know i don't know what your thoughts are on that drew but uh i thought the movie was really interesting and a really cool watch overall no
0: it's just an interesting take overall i'm really glad you enjoyed the movie um i hope there's more coming Uh, absolutely because you said there's a ryan johnson there's a signature to ryan johnson movies um did you ever watch brick
1: no, I still haven't seen it. I know yeah. you've suggested it. Yeah,
0: you really you really really should. It's a different kind of mystery. I, I didn't really it was my first introduction to Ryan Johnson and he didn't he wasn't a household name when he made Brick. And it's it's a really really unique movie. Um I really can't say a lot about it other than the fact that this it's kind of like a I want to say it's a bit of a teen drama because all the characters are in high school, but a girl goes missing and uh one of her friends is like there's more to this than just her going missing and he starts spotting clues and like unfolding a mystery and stuff and it's wrapped around some really i don't want to say weird but you're just like it's really kind of interesting when you're like oh that's crazy like you're just kind of following the mystery along the way and it's just as it plays out it's just really incredible and I'm well it's like a tightly written uh it's just it's really nice tight niche
1: story so That's really all I want to say without ruining the movie. (laughs) That's awesome. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's like a signature to Ryan Johnson movies, but I think there's like this weird, subtle, like sense of humor going on below everything that at some point during the movie is going to rear its head. And it's going to be really, it's going to really catch you off guard. And in the first knives out, I feel like that moment was at the very end of the film, It's revealed who is the villain of this whole situation, and that character tries to make their one last final, um, you know, final jab, I'll say, (laughs) for lack of a better term. And if you know the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but the way that plays out is such a silly sort of like parlor trick of a joke, but it works. It worked so well. And I feel like it's moments of that where I feel like you're watching a movie and you're getting into it and it's like, oh, yeah, that's that weird Ryan Johnson sense of humor that's showing up. And I don't even know if I can put my finger exactly on what that is, but I can just tell that's a ryan johnson moment (laughs) so that's kind of uh that's kind of what i meant by that um in the vaguest terms possible but um moving on um i also had the chance to uh watch clerks three finally oh yeah and yeah so i had not seen this movie because i i i'm pretty sure i missed all the opportunities to see it in theater and i was just waiting to see it like streaming somewhere or something And uh, little did I know that it was actually available at Redbox. So (laughs) the uh, I think it was last weekend um, I went to the grocery store and I saw I was like, oh, awesome. Clerks three is here. So I rented it immediately, of course, and uh, watched it twice. And uh, I thought this movie was really good. It feels like Clerks, which I think is the best thing you could say about it. The way it ends is very. Um, You know, it's very bittersweet. It's a very bittersweet movie. And uh, I don't know how I feel about everything that happened. Um, It's kind of one of those things where like, have I come to terms with everything that happened in this movie? But I really think it was, uh, it's hard for me to say a perfect film, but I do feel like it's a perfect sort of follow up in the, uh, you know, progression of Jay and Silent Bob movies like that. But um, yeah, there's there's sort of a uh, there's some tragic events in the movie that I really did not see coming. But uh, overall, I thought the movie was great. Um, I really (laughs) I really loved the running gag with, uh, you know, Elias has become a Satanist now and every single (laughs) scene he's like, (laughs) I kind of feel like Kevin Smith had like a checklist of like, 80s like goth rockers and stuff like that and like yeah, every yeah, yeah. time Elias shows up he's like dressed like a different character you know like he's got his King Diamond moment he's got like his Robert Smith from the cure moment he's got like all these different moments and I thought that was really great uh the one thing <laughs> <saw him>. yeah <laughs> what's that <laughs> just every
0: time he was on after he made his switch from uh, Christianity to Satanism every time you saw him like watching like the transformation of the characters, so. yeah.
1: The one thing I thought would have been cool is if, in the very last scene, if Elias was, because uh, he still has a really crazy getup in that last scene, and I almost feel like it'd be cool if he was like, just had like jeans and like a Judas Priest shirt on and like long hair and just like, yeah, I'm still, I'm still into Satan. I'm just kind of more mature about it now, or something like that. I think that right. would have been a funny touch, especially when you think about like your high school gath friends that you see, you know, 10 years later. And, you know, they're they still have remnants of their old, um, you know, their old clique from high school. But they're kind of just look like normal people eventually. Sure. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, did you have any thoughts? Because, Drew, I know you reviewed Clerks 3 briefly. Did you have any thoughts you've been holding in, especially since I didn't know uh, how I've... certain aspects of the film played out? Well, I've gotten to see the movie a
0: second time since uh, it nice. was released on Blu-ray because I got a, I bought myself a coffee, obviously. Um, the I thought it was really cool that they put in, so if you've seen the original Clerks, if you know some of the backstory, Kevin Smith really did write a death scene for Dante that got cut out of the film.
1: Oh, you're right. Oh, so yeah. They, they,
0: they did the shot of, they did the shot of, they they kind of rehashed it in terms of, The Dante death scene and he's like what I don't why do I have to die in the movie you know what I mean so um they they put that back in there which was really cool I liked that they got as many of the original actors back as they could the original clerks like even the store even just the people coming into the store they got as many of them they could it was really cool when Dante is in the hospital and he's like no we got to watch our movie and he's showing him the original clerks which I thought was great just in terms of, like, film, what it looks like, what you know what's on screen compared to – how about this? What you know is behind the camera to how it looks on screen in the end. It was kind of cool even just to see it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the In terms of knowing Kevin Smith history, the cameos in this were incredible. Like, first off, you have the main clerk's cast, and then when they're doing the hockey scene on the roof, and you have all the comic book men up there yeah. – And you have the people to help them out with the podcast and stuff like that. And then when you're looking at the audition scene and you got the other guys uh, from uh, Impractical Jokers in there, obviously Ben Affleck, Danny Trejo, um, Kevin Smith's mom is in that line. Um, She's in the auditions. You got Melissa Benoist and Christopher Wood um, and like Sarah Michelle Gellar and uh, uh, Freddie Burns Jr. And I was like my brain on one hand was like, why those two? And then I was like, Oh yeah, because Sarah Michelle Geller is in He Man and she's married to Freddie Prince Jr. So right, why not? Yeah. And like my brain kept doing the every time there was a cameo, my brain kept doing why this connection, why that connection? <laughs> um and then you have like uh Ralph Garman was in there uh for the yeah. when they asked him if he could do the impression of um
1: Schwarzenegger and Al Pacino and then you have Bobby Moynihan auditioning for Simon Bob and <laughs> Uh, <laughs> i feel you can't forget uh justin long too i feel like ever since oh, well, justin and Mary... long and amy sedaris like why would you yep. not have like amy sedaris <laughs> gets the
0: mandalorian conversation and she's like what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah no it was really really i it's just really great and i like and that's the funny part is seeing is knowing the Kevin Smith history and then watching this movie. Like you know the history, you've been along the ride the whole time and then you watch this movie and it all kind of in a weird way falls into place. Um the that's, yeah, shot, that's really a shot at the end with um Harley Quinn uh Smith H- Kevin Smith's daughter doing the milk in the fridge. Right. Um that was awesome because the original film was his mom doing the milk in the fridge. Um so yeah, no, it was just it was awesome like it's just i i really enjoyed it the second time around um i wasn't as emotional the second time around um just because it kind of it hits you you know like yeah. it's the end of a story kind of thing so
1: i also loved uh, just talking about the random um customers at Quickstop, there's the moment with uh, Walt Flanagan, and he's like the weird, you know, egg guy. I can't remember what they called him in the first Clerks movie, but he's doing this weird like thing with the eggs and you think they're filming a scene. (laughs) I think it's like Randall throws him out of the store and it's like, oh, okay. apparently they weren't (laughs) filming a scene at this part of the movie. But uh, no, there's so many great moments. I think you had a lot of really good points with uh, with all those cameos. And uh, I don't know. For the last, I don't know, two or three Kevin Smith movies, Like I feel like every time he releases one of these now, I'm just left thinking, well, that could be his last Jay and Silent Bob movie. Because I felt the same way after I saw Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And it's one of those things that's like, maybe he's just going to keep making more <laughs> movies and maybe every uh, single one's going to feel like it could be the last. You know? Well,
0: you heard about, well, first off, you heard about what Lionsgate told him about this movie, right?
1: Um, so I watched it. So I watched it on DVD and he had like um, that some commentary before and after the yeah. movie that yeah. might have kind of alluded to. Uh, yeah,
0: it was the it's the your fans bought so many of the copies of the Blu-ray and they made so much. You guys made so much money just off Blu-rays. Make as much of this nonsense as you yeah. want as long as it costs under a certain dollar amount, um, <laughs> which, which is really funny. Uh, but there's been some hints since Clerks 3 that Mallrats 2 is the next thing to go. Yes, that's um, awesome. Which is phenomenal. I that that's gonna have me really excited if they do mall Rats too. So, um, yes, that's really honestly all I got <laughs> on that one.
1: <laughs> absolutely, this is uh, this is an ongoing story. We'll keep talking about it. It's Smith an ongoing movies. story because
0: we're Kevin Smith fans. So yeah, of
1: absolutely. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about, which I can keep super short. I know my reviews are going really long this week, but. There's this new movie. I don't know if it's a Netflix film, but I watched it on Netflix. It's called The Guilty. It's starring um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Drew, I don't know if you're familiar with this at all. Uh, no. Okay, so this movie is awesome. It's basically stars Jake Gyllenhaal, and he is a um, he's kind of like a cop who's been suspended because of a situation that he got in, and he's working in a 911 call center. And uh, essentially what happens is while he's working there, he uh, gets a call from a woman who's been abducted and he is trying to basically save her through the whole film. And it's one of those things where the whole thing takes place within the, the call center. He It's practically like there are other characters, but it's a, practically a one man show it's just Jake Gyllenhaal doing everything he can to save uh, this woman and get her out of the situation that she's in. It is freaking intense. Like I was on the edge of my seat. I watched it right before bed, which was a mistake because my adrenaline was pumping so much I couldn't get to sleep. Uh, Drew, I know you work in law enforcement, so you might be able to watch this and maybe have a judgment on whether or not it's realistic or not as far as how things play out. But I thought the movie was great in one of those sort of like almost single character, just sort of suspense thriller movies. I thought it was like really good. So if that sounds cool, check it out, you know, for you or for anybody who's listening. Um, And other than that, um, the only other thing I watched is I'm fully caught up on Willow now. So, um, So, yeah, I don't know if you want to go into some stuff. (laughs) I'm behind on Willow.
0: Obviously, because I said I didn't really watch anything. Um, But uh, Bad Batch released to yesterday. Uh, The the new season of Bad Batch dropped. So I made sure I watched the first two episodes before we sat down uh, just because we're back to we're getting we're in 2023. And the amount of stuff that's about to drop on us is ridiculous. Um, So I was like, got to keep up. So Willow's on the docket to keep up with. But the first two episodes of Bad Batch were awesome. Um, So much so I do not want to compare Bad Batch to Andor because one's animated, one's live action. But one of my problems with Andor is that that to me, a lot of it didn't feel like Star Wars. I watched it and I'll continue to watch it. So when season two comes out, I'm going to be there because it's Star Wars. But so much of it felt like it could have been any science fiction television show. Bad Batch started and you got uh, familiar suits of armor like stormtroopers. You got familiar starships. You got familiar planets. You got familiar aliens. It felt like Star Wars from beginning yeah. to the end of those two episodes. And there was no question in my mind as to what I was watching. And that's kind of a huge thing. You know what I mean? So um, that's something I want to I, I don't want to like I kind of want to point at it saying Make If you're going to make Star Wars, make Star Wars. If you want to make other science fiction, that's fine, too. But Andor, to me, didn't feel like Star Wars. It felt like Star Wars at a certain point, and then it felt like they got away from Star Wars for a little while to tell another story, and then it felt like Star Wars near the end. But it bounced around so much. And there's a lot of people on the Internet praising it for the writing, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm with you on that one. Um, But Bad Batch was great. (laughs) The other thing that I started watching was – I checked out uh, National Treasure, the TV show. Oh, that's uh, out which, now? Which nice. started, yeah. It's like, I think there's four episodes, maybe five, because I watched to where I couldn't stop. I, I had to stop because there were no more episodes, basically. So that fifth, that last episode could have dropped and I might have not watched it yet. Um, so far, the show is really cool. Um, it is... Disney, and it's very clearly Disney, and that's a weird st- sentence to make, but I think when you watch it, you'll understand what I mean. Um, because I, Disney has a certain feel to it—the way they write characters, the way they handle stuff. Like there tends to be a certain feel to the how Disney does things, and you'll feel <laughs> it. You'll you'll definitely feel it with this. Um, I would
1: say you. I I would say that that Disney feel is definitely evident in the show willow but we can talk about that more when you get caught Once up get on it. Drew, up. but yeah <laughs> but no i definitely hear you with the few up ep- with the few episodes of willow i have seen yeah. I'm definitely
0: with you on that um the what's interesting about so with national treasure the um the MacGuffin, the thing the puzzle the story like you know yeah. the other national treasures the idea that they're the thing that they're going after this one's really cool because it's steeped in the puzzles big And it's really cool as everything kind of like kind of unravels and collects and all that stuff. And you're just like, oh, they got to go do this. And then you find out that because of a Freemason, this and so on and so on. It's really cool. Um, What I'm not buying, what I don't like about the show is this is not a fault of the actors. This is not a fault of the casting. This is a writing thing. The characters that are the like, so you have this main girl. She's this lead actress who is. Whose dad was the uh, branded a traitor, but he was basically a treasure hunter, if you will. Okay. Uh, he was he's he was a treasure hunter, found something, has been hiding it. It's been in secret. It's linked to the Freemasons, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, the girl is fine. There's the characters that she's she's linked to another character who's like the grandson of one of the Freemasons who like that's where the love interest is. That guy's fine. But all of the friends that help them, I don't buy their characters one bit. They're not (laughs) – in my opinion, they are not believable. It's not an acting thing. It's not a casting thing. It's literally a writing thing. Like one of her friends is a YouTuber who is like – at the beginning of the show, she's like kind of bragging about how many followers he has. Whatever. We live in that world now. There's YouTubers out there, right? People have followers and Instagrams and Twitters and all that stuff. But this girl – seems very um i'm just a youtuber and my friend is into this like um ancient civilization treasure hunting thing and then when the shit hits the fan and they're up against the villain and we've seen national treasure the movie so we know how uh kind of maniacal the villain can be it's that kind of a villain again and she's like well i guess i'll have to you know use my powers of searching the internet to see what i can dig up on her i'm like like you're gonna find her (laughs) like she's she's ex-fbi and like how are you gonna find any information and then you find out she and then later on you find she has hacking skills and you're like of course you do because this is a disney thing and it's not believable what the heck like I, i don't buy her character one bit and it's not that like i said it's not that she's a bad actress because she's not a bad actress it's just it's a writing thing like she I, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. She's too young to know some of the things she knows. Like it doesn't I don't buy it um, right. like a lack of experience, if you will. Um, so, yeah, that was otherwise the show is actually a lot of fun and I do look forward to watching the rest of it. But there's just some things that I'm like, I kind of had to muscle through a little bit <laughs> and kind of just let go, if you will. Yeah. So um, but yeah, that's really all I got a chance to watch. Uh, Just because I I, just because I was busy. So Um, what was your big if you don't mind, since this is our first week back and it is post holidays. Yes, we got stuff to talk about. But what was your big Christmas gift that you had to have?
1: Oh, man, I don't know. Um, Was there
0: one big thing that you were like, (laughs) man, I hope so. And then you got a surprise.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of, uh, small stuff before the show, me and you were just talking about, uh, I got a couple new mics that I'm planning on. I haven't used yet, but planning on using for the podcast. So that's cool. Um, my, uh, wife's younger brother actually got me two hoodies. He got me a, uh, Black Panther one and a Ghost Rider one that I think both of them are really awesome. So that kind of surprised me. Are they, me. Like, are they uh,
0: like costume ones? No, like,
1: no, they're, uh, they're just like, they're just like pull over, like just cool looking hoodies. <laughs> not like super flashy or anything like no, that. No, I like, I um, have,
0: um, I got a hoodie that, um, it's when you put it on, I mean, it just looks like a hoodie, but when you look closer, it's the whole thing, it looks like the Ronin jacket, like Hawkeye's Ronin. Oh, jacket. nice. Yeah. Um, and I have one that's a winter soldier one that's, it looks like his, so if you watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the black jacket that he wears, and then he has the, space for the, the right, right. metal arm so like the hoodie looks like the jacket but it has the metal arm on it as well so
1: yeah absolutely that's I why I was curious
0: were... if it was like one of the I don't want to call it a costume hoodie but in a way it is you know
1: no absolutely I think stuff like that's really cool when you can go out and you have that super low-key cosplay that not necessarily everybody is going to notice um, it is
0: all everyday cosplay <laughs>
1: I always called it low key cosplay, but, sure. um, I, I, always, I always love that stuff, but I currently don't have any crazy hoodies like that, but, uh, hopefully soon I'll get one, I guess. <laughs> but, um, right. yeah, other than that, I'm trying to think, I feel like I got a lot of little stuff. Um, did you get anything really crazy for Christmas um, this year?
0: The big, well, I got this sweet gaming chair. If you ever watch a YouTube video and you see those guys sitting in those streaming chairs, I got one, of yeah. them, which is awesome. So it's nice and comfy to do the podcasting, um, uh, <laughs> But the big thing that's really, really cool, and I'm going to post next weekend, I'll put it up on my Instagram because I get to use it for the first time uh, next weekend because I get to meet with my adult d d group. I got a wooden DM screen, a wooden Dungeon Master screen, and it's gorgeous. Um, I made a couple. That sounds awesome. I made a couple hints about it. Like, I'd really like one of those, but I know they're expensive kind of comments. I wasn't hinting for Christmas because I honestly didn't think that something like that would happen. Like. Those things are expensive, but it's this gorgeous wooden Dungeon Master screen.
1: That sounds Um, really cool.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to – I'll post some pictures next weekend because I get to use it for the first time. So I think that would be the best time to do it because the table will be set up. You'll have the screen out, you know, that kind of thing. So Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, we do have some news to talk about because even though it was the holidays, some stuff dropped, and we'll be talking Mm -hmm. about movies – our our anticipated movies this week or or this coming year. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some news, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right. Most of this is quick hit stuff. There's not a lot to discuss, but um, we will start with Star Wars because I need to slam Halo TV again. Uh, Just a little bit on this one. Um, James Earl Jones is officially retired and no longer going to be acting, voice acting, anything. Right? Right. But we do know there are um, programs out there like uh, Vox and Respeecher and, you know, that kind of stuff where you can digitally create voices. Right. Mm -hmm. James Earl Jones has signed over the rights so Lucasfilm can use artificial intelligence to add his voice to Darth Vader for all future projects. James Earl Jones will always be Darth Vader, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. So. Halo's excuse for not wanting to use Steve Downs still doesn't – I don't know. <laughs> <it. So>, right. <laughs> period. Um, let's bounce to uh, this guy since we were on Star Wars. Um, Ron Howard um, says that Solo 2 is not a priority at Lucasfilms and that fans are the ones driving the conversation. So yes, the internet has been asking a lot for a Solo 2. Will we get a Solo 2? I think it'd be great to get one. Even if we got Solo 2 as a television series on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, that'd be great because you can explore some stuff in that dynamics pretty well. Even if you're not discussing that, but you're going to cover like Kira and the Crimson Dawn. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be awesome. I think we want to know more about that Darth Maul stuff, but I'm okay with it not being a priority. But I do think it should happen. I don't know about you, but that's what I think. So
1: no, absolutely. I loved uh, like the way Solo ended. Like I just was chomping at the bit to know what happened next. And uh, I think you had a, you have a good call. Like they definitely need to bring Kira back because I do feel like Amelia Clark is a big enough of a star that she would bring an audience to the show. You know, um, you know, some people might have skipped Andor or whatever, but I feel like. She would be a big enough draw. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it kind of sucks that they're not doing much with that right now. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, shifting gears
0: into Marvel news. Like I said, a lot of these are short, but we'll discuss. So uh, Batista has confirmed that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will be his last MCU movie. Um, In, an, in a recent interview with IGN, Batista – um, oh, no, not with IGN. My bad. The, I, the the article I read about this was from IGN. The interview he did was with GQ. Um, okay. He says that, um, I'm grateful for playing Drax, and I love him. I just don't know if I want Drax to be my legacy. It's a silly performance, and I want to do more dramatic stuff. Um, Batista was one of the ones that was very heavily involved with trying to get James Gunn reinstated as the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 when all that Me Too stuff was going on. So... Um, and not that James Gunn was getting me too, it was the everyone was starting to look at everyone's social media and like any remotely negative comment you made, like kind of shut you down, right?
1: Yeah, he so, made a lot of just bad jokes. <laughs>
0: he just made a he just made a lot of bad jokes and Disney yeah. didn't like it. And then the actors were like, "Well, we're not doing this without him," and you know that kind of stuff. So. Um, but Batista was one of the ones that fought for it. Now James Gunn's moved over to D.C., there's a chance Batista's like, well, I'm kind of done, too. Like, <laughs> So I don't know, but, I mean, that's cool for him. I'd like to see him do other stuff. I really liked it when he was in Glass Onion. It was a lot of fun to watch that. Um, and I've seen some of the other movies he's done, and he's a decent actor, so he's not. He's a lot more than Drax. So
1: Absolutely. It makes me wonder if he's, like, secretly going to be a D.C. character, but... I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not. (laughs) We'll see how Um, that plays out.
0: Right. Um, All right. So remember when James Gunn said that if it doesn't come from his mouth, it's not real? Yeah. Okay. Um, Comic Book Resources. A new report suggests the Green Lantern series planned for HBO Max has been scrapped. However, it has also been suggested that DC Studios and CEO James Gunn have other plans for the Green Lantern, including a film appearance. This got retweeted by James Gunn simply with the statement saying fake. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so know. C- comic book resources posts this whole article about a report suggests that all this stuff about Green Lantern and James Gunn says fake. Seriously, people like it's to a point where we can't believe anything, but I've always said it. If it doesn't come directly from the horse's mouth, it is not true. That's whether it's star Wars, Marvel, DC, Harry Potter. It doesn't matter. Like you get it directly from the main guys. They're the only ones that truly know. Otherwise, it's speculation. And look, we're a podcast. We speculate. We love to speculate. We all we do is care about this conversation. It's one of the things that drives us. We love having these conversations. But at the end of the day, I want to talk about what's real and not be disappointed <laughs> that my idea isn't correct. <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: yeah. No. Absolutely. But I. I don't know. Part of me is also wondering, like, is it good for James Gunn to be shutting all this conversation down right away? Because like you just said, like he confirmed that this was a fake report, but are fake reports bad? You know, I mean, obviously they're not they're not good, but it might be good for the studio's interest in that it keeps DC Comics and DC characters in the conversation. And so I kind of wonder, like,
0: I. Uh, what we're going to say? It's so funny that you're saying what you're saying. It's the perfect segue to the oh. next story.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just thinking of, like, Batman v. Superman. We were speculating about stuff for years before that came I know. out. And there's so much fake news, but it kept everything in the conversation. So I know. go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> what's, what's funny
0: is that you're like, you know, is you know, do we want James Gunn to be shooting these people down? Yes, we do. And I'm going to tell you why. Because today is January 5th. This is our normal recording day. And so we sit down Thursday and record all the time. But I know for a fact, because of this, what I'm about to tell you is that as soon as we turn off the microphones, the D.C. news is going to hit and it's going to hit big. And we're going to have a ton of stuff to discuss next week because Warner Brothers Discovery will be hosting an event to reveal new information and new releases on January 6th. James Gunn will be revealing the first couple projects to come out under the DCU. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. And you did you did mention this. It might have been our last episode that they were going to yep. reveal some plans early, early in January. January so. And they're going to
0: hold a special event to reveal info and on new releases on January 6th, which is tomorrow. So next time we sit down, we're going to have a bunch of stuff to discuss. So here's what I'm going to say. There's a lot of fake news going around about D.C. right now. You got to talk to James Gunn. We're going to be covering this all year. And going forward, because DC moves is going to hit, and it's going to hit hard. It's going to hit fast. And Peter, you and I are going to be here to help everyone kind of sift through the dust, <laughs> try <and> make sense <laughs> of all of this. So, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> try. We'll we'll be trying. That's a so that's a even good though <laughs> even
0: though we're turning off the microphones and the news is going to just blast us, that's totally fine with me because I'm excited for DC stuff. Um, I did rewatch Black Adam, by the way. Um, that was a lot of fun second time around, just saying. Awesome, yeah. I need to check it out on HBO uh, Max sometime and soon, even though. And also, which i oh, sorry, this is a little bit of a tangent. Also, something that just dropped on HBO Max that I'm going to try and get in this weekend. We'll see if I can squeeze it in. But the menu just dropped on HBO Max. Ooh. Um, and okay, I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um. And one of the actresses, Amy Carrero, um, I'm a fan of hers. And so I follow her on Twitter and she's been posting a bunch of stuff about it because it's now because obviously she was posting a bunch of stuff when it was released. Now it's on HBO Max, so she's kind of reposting a bunch of stuff. So it's getting me like, oh, I got to make sure I get that in this weekend. So, yeah, absolutely. That's a good reminder. <laughs> All right. Uh, two more stories and we can talk about the list. Uh, one of them actually kind of coincides with the list. So one really one more story. Um, Ryan Johnson and Daniel Craig. I think it's a really good idea to have the Muppets appear in the next Knive Outs movie. (laughs) Wouldn't you? Okay. (laughs) Wouldn't this be the greatest thing ever? Um, You do Knives Out combined with the great Muppet caper. And I feel like you just get solid gold. Like having that detective deal with a Muppet caper. I mean,
1: come on, man. (laughs) Oh my Lord. (laughs) You know, we did a top five list that was pretty similar to this. <laughs> I know, but I just—it just seems
0: like the smartest idea. Let's do it. Um, I that was there's no real news to that. It's just
1: they think it's a good idea, and I so do we. So, so <laughs> well, it's funny because you mentioned this, and I was just thinking they'd be making a cameo, but then oh, the way you're I describing had, it's it, it's like <laughs> the whole movie. So that's very interesting. But as long as th- As long as Ryan Johnson is still bringing a very intricate, like, cool mystery story like he's done with the last two movies, I'll keep my mind open for the Muppets version, so. (laughs) Right.
0: Well, um, that's kind of it for the news, because the other things I have are directly linked to the list, because we're talking about movies for 2023. All right. So uh, let's move forward to the list. Does that sound good? Yes. Okay, Cool. Um, All right, it is list time, so we're going to play the thing. We'll be right back. And now for the top five. Okay, Peter, here we go. We are now in the year 2023. It's time to talk about the movies that we are most looking forward to this year because we have a very little time before they start dropping and dropping fast. It is an incredibly long list, and there's movies that when I was going through the list, I'm not 100% sure that the entire list is here when I was looking for stuff. Yeah. Uh, one of the movies that I believe, and I don't know if it's coming out this year or not, but there's a movie called Killer that's supposed to be coming out, which is the next um, uh, why am I, uh, David Fincher film. And uh, nice. I really, I really want to see it because I love David Fincher's work. I just wasn't seeing it on the list. So maybe it's actually a 2024 movie. I just know the screenshots that have been released. So they could be filming and that's where I saw stuff. Uh, but that's, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff. So let's talk about this for a second. Before we start talking about the list itself, I have a big, my, my short list was incredibly long this time around. There are yeah. movies that I don't even know what they are. Um, there is like, <laughs> let's be real. The Meg Two, The Trench. Um, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I know. I'm pretty sure I know what that is. But hey, I might end up watching that in the end of the day. Uh, so, um, but there's a lot of sequels. I mean, there's a ton of sequels. We got Ant-Man Three, Creed Three, Scream Six, yeah. Shazam Two, John Wick Four, Transformers Six, Indiana Jones Five, Mission Impossible Seven, The Meg Two, like Expendables Four. Like, there's a ton of sequels. Ghostbusters Five. Like, it's a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. So there are four DC films total coming out this year. There are five Marvel films coming out this year. Marvel, check this out. This is the lineup for Marvel by itself. What If Season 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Secret Invasion, Guardians 3, Echo, Loki, Marvels, Ironheart, X-Men 97, and Agatha, Covenant, Covenant, of Heart, uh, Covenant of Chaos. Holy crap, dude. That's a lot of Marvel just for this year. That doesn't account mm-hmm. like... What else is going on in D.C.? Yes, they have the four movies, but they're in a rebuilding thing right now. So um, it's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you found this list difficult. Based on what we know, I honestly found it kind of easy. So, yeah, yeah, I found it kind of easy to put together just because there's more sequels than I thought there was going to be. So with that being said... It was a lot of. Well, I feel like my list is. I feel like there's a bunch of sequels, um, and I really only have a couple sequels on my list that are like actual. I'm really excited to see them. So,
1: nice. I what? I thought the list was. Um, I thought the list was easy, but it was a weird list because I think a lot of the picks I went with are controversial. Like I feel like I didn't go with a lot of. Um, safe bets this time like there's certain movies that are going to come out that i already know are going to be awesome but i'm not as excited about those as i am about some of the wild cards that we don't know how it's going to be and that's kind of what kind of took my list by surprise so
0: i almost feel like you uh did the list wrong because it's what are you most excited for
1: <laughs> but that's but that, i think it's because cer- certain movies are wild cards that's what's making me excited to see them because i just want to okay. know <laughs> what it's actually gonna yeah. be like well, I get that. if that makes sense i get that um
0: who wants to go first did i, I, make, I did i make you go first last time because we were doing that it was a built-in list
1: i honestly can't remember
0: <laughs> yeah i did i did I did. So I'm going to go first this time. How's that? That's fair enough.
1: Quick because question, though. Did, did you really say really there
0: well is... well. was? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it'll just work really, really well when we get back to actually pick, taking turns picking.
1: So. OK, I was kind of thinking the same thing, but I did have a quick question. Did you say there was a uh, news stories um, or is, is that really. something that you it were going to talk about? I had a list
0: of the Marvel stuff. Oh, like- the. Coincided. I gotcha. I gotcha. I had a list of that. It coincided. And then there's if you really wanted, I have a list of some major um hold on.
1: Oh, you don't have to go through it. I just kind of uh oh, no, realized on the Marvel so list. You're asking now, so, um,
0: <laughs> No, it's just it, there was another list I saw that was kind of like the way they did it, it wasn't just a list, it was like the logos for everything. Um mm that it was kind of the logos with all the dates listed. So it was like from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, all the major stuff that's not independence and not, not the really not the art house films and stuff like that. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. It's not, I don't know if it necessarily matters because I don't, I I don't think the audience wants to sit and listen to me read the entire list.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm sure they, they lo- would love to hear us debate whether or not to read the list, though. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I have two honorable mentions. Um, I can't remember, were you saying you're going to go first, though, this time? I, I'm going to go first, and I also yeah. have two
0: honorable mentions.
1: Okay, cool. Um,
0: so, okay, my first honorable mention uh, is very simple. It's John Wick 4. Um, as, I, as I go through this, this is going to be a short discussion, I think, because we don't yeah. know a lot of the stuff we're talking about. but. <laughs> I like the John Wick movies. I still have to watch John Wick 3. I didn't really, like, it wasn't like, ooh, I have to see John Wick 4. But that's when I saw um, the trailer for John Wick 4 and went, wow, that looks good. But then they're doing a spin-off with Ana de Armas called Ballerina. And mm-hmm. she was so good in the, the action sequence that she had in uh, No Time to Die was so cool that I'm all in. Like, I just want to, like, let's... Catch up on the universe for John, the John Wick universe and then go into ballerina knowing what I know and just enjoy because John Wick will be in the ballerina movie. So I'm really kind of curious if that's going to be a multiple thing or is it going to be the one or what. But sometimes you just need a good action film that's like almost all practical. And I feel like in a world with all the CGI and stuff, there's not a lot of those. And John Wick definitely falls in the category of being practical and amazing and, you know, that kind of thing. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really good call. I, um, I'm i also behind on John Wick. I haven't seen the third one. So that's the biggest reason this didn't make my list was just I'm well, like not I said, caught up, you know. <laughs> it's, not, it's an honorable mention and I'm not caught up yet, but
0: I will be by the time the movie releases. And, you know, so. OK, nice. Yeah. Um,
1: so for my first honorable mention, um, I don't feel like this one's controversial, but according to the internet, I guess it is, but I actually went with uh, Super Mario Brothers. Um, I'm super excited for this new Mario movie. I think it looks, everything I've seen from it, from the trailers, looks amazing. It looks like they're really handling that world in a really cool, smart, but just kind of the right way. Um, And I I think I'm in in the minority. We've already discussed this on the podcast, but from what I've seen, I'm actually a fan of uh, Chris Pratt, performance um, you can go back a couple episodes if you want to hear me expound on that in the show but I think he sounds like a believable sort of like New York Italian plumber so I'm kind of I'm kind of buying it at this point so yeah hey I'm with you the I'm when I say
0: I'm with you that was my next honorable mention was Super Mario Bros <laughs>
1: awesome
0: it's it's a thing when I was looking at my list I was like you know, here we are um, with, with some of these titles. And like I said, there's a lot of requels and sequels and remakes and reboots. And Super Mario Brothers definitely is a remake and slash reboot. But that original one was live action and not good. So <laughs> uh, this one looks like not only I mean, we talked about it that from just from the trailer alone, not only does this look. Not only does this look super well done, but well representative, you know, so
1: they're respecting they're taking source material that seems so out there and nonsensical, but they're just respecting it to the T. And that is what makes it look look awesome. So, yeah, um, kind of in the same vein of uh, 3D animated movies. uh, My next honorable mention is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, And this is a case of I already know this is going to be awesome and it's less of a wild card for me. So I'm excited about this one, but it doesn't have that curiosity factor as much. Um, And I don't know what it is like. I feel like this should be higher up on my list because I know it's going to be great. I know it's going to be an awesome story and it's going to be a feast for, for the eyes. But I think there's just some other stuff coming out that I'm just a little bit more curious about. So this one is just an honorable mention for now for me. Which one
0: was that again? Sorry, just. Uh, Oh,
1: yes. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse part one.
0: Spider-Verse two part one. Uh, Yeah. So, no, I hear you. And it's that one in my head is going to be hard to keep up with because of how much stuff. Is in that yes. League, and then sheer number of cameos and the sheer number of representations of Spider-Man. So, yeah, I hear you. All right. So my first one of the night is, well, The Flash. Nice. There's so much going on with this movie, whether it's the behind the scenes controversy or the fact that we have multiple Batmans, the um, the test screenings being as high praise as they are and that kind of stuff. I really got to see this movie, and if they're going to tackle the source material on a on a way that we hope they're going to tackle the source material, this could be absolutely amazing. So, I, my my hopes are high, but my expectations are low because I want to really enjoy this movie, and I hope that the rest of the world embraces it in the sense that I'm not going into another DC movie, walking out a fan, and having to listen and defend the movie. <laughs> uh, to the internet and everyone else whining about it. So
1: right, yeah. <laughs> well said. Um, I'm really excited for this one too. Um, this one didn't make my list, and I think it's just one of those things that I feel like this was an anticipated movie for me, either last year or the year before. Like this movie has been delayed a lot. There's a lot of controversy, and I'm I am a little bit, like to be honest, a little bit on the fatigue aspect of this where I've sure. just been waiting so long for this movie and it still hasn't come. And especially with the controversy backstage, there's a little bit part of me that's a little bit fi- fatigued of waiting for this movie. So that's kind of why it didn't make my list, but of course it almost did like it was so close and a really good call. I'm really excited about this one as well. So we didn't mash on this, I assume. No. Okay. <laughs> um. So my you first it. pick, My first pick that I wanted to go with is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, Guardians is one of my favorite. uh, Like the first two Guardians movies are two of my favorite movies out of the MCU. Just total. Like I love those two movies. And I'm really excited to see this third installment. And I think this is kind of exciting because kind of the same way... I'm kind of in the same position as I was when I walked into the first two guardians movies where I have no idea what this movie is going to be about. I've seen the trailer. I've seen, there's some parts that look funny, some parts that look cool, but I'm kind of just ready to go into the theater not know a ton and just be taken for a ride with all those characters again. So that's what I'm looking forward to with this one. And as bizarre
0: uh, and b- as bizarre as it sounds, our last ride with those characters. Right. That, they didn't say, the, did say it's the final Guardians. We don't know who's going to live. We don't know who's going to survive with all the Marvel stuff going on. I have no clue what's happening, especially building the Secret Wars and Kang and all that stuff. So yeah. it's the last ride of these characters, the announcement that Batista doesn't want to do it anymore, like that kind of thing. So it's going to be bittersweet, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I guess that throws it back to me. So
1: the next one for me is Dungeons and Dragons. Um, <laughs> All right. Yes, we uh, we definitely matched on this one. OK, cool. Uh, this the, look,
0: I yes, I'm a D&D fan. Yes, I play Dungeons and Dragons, but there's a lot to this in the sense where the other Dungeons and Dragons movies have been raked over the coals. And for the most part, we pretend that they don't exist.
1: This <laughs> right. one.
0: This one looks really good. It looks well handled. Wizards, Wizards of the Coast had a huge part in putting it together. Um making they actually made the actors sit down as a group and play Dungeons and Dragons so they understood what they were doing. Um there's there's so much that I'm hearing about behind the scenes that makes me go, I think they did it right for a change. Yeah. And I really really hope that at the end the end shot they Lego movie the thing and they pull back and you see everyone sitting at the table or the final boss is or the final end boss battle of the movie is the pullback. You see them arguing at the table and then it zooms back in and you're in the fight with the movie with the characters. Then it pulls back and you see the players <laughs> at the table and it zooms back in and they Lego movie, the whole thing. And then just be in true representation. It'd be so smart. Um, I have told my adult group that we are, as a group, going to see this movie. So that should That's be awesome. That should be a lot. I'm like, guys, we're doing this. We are all seeing this movie. Uh, the worst part is it releases the weekend of Comic-Con. So I got to figure out how we're going to pull that off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, if you're going as a group like that, I think you all have to get out your Renaissance fair garb and uh, you know cosplay to this thing. <laughs> um,
0: well, hold on. No, hold on. I'm the dungeon master, so I don't really have to dress up
1: the way they do (laughs) you have to wear a grim reaper cloak or something i gotta wear a cloak and carry a book i guess Yeah. yeah um no i think this movie looks awesome uh from the trailers like you can tell it really does have that really good mix of action but also humor and if i remember correctly the most recent trailer for it a lot of the jokes were very um very kind of like A little bit more silly and maybe a little bit more meta than I was expecting, which I feel like is perfectly reminiscent of, you know, your average Dungeons and Dragons game with your friend, which with your friends, which I think is looks awesome. But I know like I think you're right, like it would be amazing to have that pull away moment where we realize all these characters are actually being played by people in a real game of D&D in the movie but at the same time I almost would be just as happy as long as they have some meta D&D jokes in there or they have like even if there's like at one point they have to solve some puzzle that involves like some sort of like you know medieval dice game maybe something's got a d20 in there you know maybe some just meta jokes would be kind of cool. Or what if like during the movie, it's never revealed that these are actually just characters in a game being role-played by other people, but maybe in their dialogue, there's like subtle hints to it. So it's almost like this weird, Fan theory underbelly to the movie that it's actually being played by people. There's a lot of interesting stuff that they can do. And whether you're going to be tuned into that aspect of the movie or not, I just think it looks like a fun, action-packed romp. And uh, I'm here for it. So this is definitely one of my favorite or one of my most anticipated movies yeah, for the and year. It's very, it's such a simple bit but that scene in the trailer when he goes, I think we should,
0: we need to discuss this. And she's like, over drinks. And he's like, Yeah. Which is totally the. <laughs> Which is totally totally the Dungeons and Dragons. Let's go to a tavern, have a couple drinks, discuss, and then go to battle.
1: (laughs) Well, that's like, that's what I loved about uh, Vox Machina. Like the very first scene of that series opens up in a tavern and there's all this crazy stuff going on to introduce you to the characters. But come on, that's how, you know, 90% of D&D adventures start and uh, you got to love it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right. So we matched on that one, which throws it back to me. Uh, Let me – yeah, I will type that in in a minute. All right, so this brings me to Oppenheimer, which is my next one of the year. Uh, Oppenheimer is the man who invented the atom bomb. The movie just looks incredible. This is Christopher Nolan. It looks like Christopher Nolan is his best. The thing that makes me really curious is that they – practically, and I don't understand how this works, I really don't, and it kind of scares me to learn later, but apparently they practically recreated the Mushroom Cloud for the atom bomb, and they didn't do it with computers. So that just sounds fascinating from a filmmaking standpoint, you know? So this Mm -hmm. movie alone, like, it just, this is probably going to be one of those best picture automatic contenders. um, Yeah. And it's it's definitely going to be... If you're more on the action side, if you're more on the science fiction side, this is probably going to be more on the boring side. There's probably going to be a lot of conversation and exposition, <laughs> yeah. but that's because of the time period that it was and what was going on and why they're doing this. And it's yeah. So the movie just looks great. And I this is one that I'm really anticipating. So,
1: yeah, it's um it's Christopher Nolan. And one of my favorite things about Christopher Nolan is how practical he is with his effects. I think for me. um. I mean, of course, I was following what he was doing on the Dark Knight trilogy, but what really blew my mind is seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff about how he filmed the uh, hallway scene from Inception. And I think that was the point that realized like, oh, no, this is a guy who believes in doing practical effects and he believes in doing things right. And because of that, I think this story that he's taking on with Oppenheimer is like the perfect movie for him and like like you said this is a realistic this is a historical movie it might be considered more on the boring end but i think it's a very important story to tell this didn't make my list it definitely made my short list i'm super excited about this but i picked much sillier movies than this one (laughs) but like i said this is also i picked some of the more wild cards this is To me, I feel like we both know this movie is going to be amazing off the bat. Like, there's no even uh, question about that at this point.
0: Sure. Well, like I said, these are movies I'm excited about. Exactly. exactly. However, I am looking at this list knowing that I'm going to be in the theater almost every single week and my wallet's going to hate me for it. (laughs) You do what you love, right? Okay. Yeah. What, uh, since, all right, you obviously didn't match with me on
1: Oppenheimer, so what's your number three for the night? So yeah, I was gonna go with uh, Blue Beetle actually. I'm wow. super pumped for and, this you know, movie. I'm not.
0: I'm not surprised because of the way you've talked about it, but
1: yeah, I I don't know what it is, but Blue Beetle is like, I don't know if he's like top five favorite DC character, but I feel like top ten or twenty for me. Like I think the Jaime Ramus Jaime Reyes version of Blue Beetle is really really cool. I think a lot of that was. Uh, the Young Justice TV show really turned me on to how cool this character was. Like, I love his sort of backstory. How he has the alien suit. Like, he kind of has this really Guyver-like backstory to him, which I always thought was really, really neat. But uh, yeah, I just think you know we've gotten very limited behind-the-scenes ca- shots. There was that one. The, good call, of the Guyver reference. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But he has like. Uh, Oh, yeah. So we have we've gotten very limited. We don't really know much about this movie at this point, but we've seen like that those like limited behind the scenes shots. And I feel like the suit just from like crappy behind the scenes shots of the suit. It looks great. Like these leaked photos just look awesome of the Blue Beetle suit. And I just I'm just hoping that this movie is going to be awesome. I'm excited. Like I said, we don't know a ton about this, but it's kind of a wild card, but it's just a character I really like. And from the limited bits I've seen, it looks like they're doing it right. So I'm pumped for this one. Well, you, gotta,
0: it's, you got a great point with the suit because the suit we've seen, those are leech set photos. Yeah. And, and that is unrendered. That is uncolor corrected. That is not in motion. That's just the suit in the real world. And it looks great we haven't seen footage of it doing anything yet or color corrected or under the lens of the post situation. So,
1: but I think it does, it does speak for itself with like, like just leaked set photos. That's, I can't believe how good that suit looks. So I feel like the suit itself does have a really cool presence to it, which I think is great. So
0: Sure. All right, so Blue Beetle tosses it back to me, and this is Indiana Jones 5, the dialogue. Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm an Indiana Jones fan. I'm excited to finally get this. I think the movie looks really good. I'm excited to see how James Mangold really kind of brought this one home. It'll be the first, you know, not directed by Steven Spielberg. It's Harrison Ford's last. Um, This is the end of an era in a way, if you think about it, because it's Harrison Ford's last, because the next time we see Indiana Jones, it'll be another actor. Because, you know, they have the, that talk of the Indiana Jones show and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I want more adventures with this character, but this is going to be a little bittersweet to see it all go. But I think the trailer looks good. And, yeah, so I have a lot more to say about it than the fact that
1: Indiana Jones 5, here we go, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we didn't match for this one, but I am really excited about this movie. And uh, I don't know if I can add too much more than what you said. Um, and, and like a few weeks ago, we already – reviewed reviewed the trailer so i feel like we said a lot then but uh it does look really awesome it does look like they're handling things right and there's a lot of um respect for the legacy of the character and the legacy of the film series at least that's my impression from the trailer that we've gotten sure. so yeah
0: sure
1: all right uh what's your number two then yeah so i went with uh scream six yeah and uh this is a did we match for this one, by the way?
0: Oh, it definitely made my shortlist because I'm a massive scream fan like we've yeah. talked before, But
1: yeah. Um, so this one I feel like is a little bit. I feel like it's a little bit of uh, shaking things up for Scream. Just the fact that it takes place in New York is kind of different than all of the previous movies that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they all took place on the West Coast. And uh, I think. um the last Scream movie was really good, but the thing is, I keep think I was thinking about it leading up to this list. Scream I feel like might be one of the most consistent um, horror series, like horror film series. Like every time you see a Scream movie, like it's going to be good. You know, kind of what you're getting. You know, what kind of meta humor and commentary to expect, and I feel like unlike a lot of other, like slasher franchises, it's really hard to find one that's been as consistent as scream. Like, I feel like the quality is always there. And I know, I've heard people complaining about scream six that like, certain actors aren't going to show up this time, I feel like and I haven't been keeping as up to date as I probably should be. But I almost feel like I heard that like Nev Campbell, might not be back for this one. I I know there is some important actors that might not be showing up. They are kind of passing the torch a little bit
0: to Jenna Ortega and I'm drawing a blank on the other girl.
1: Okay. And that, and that's a good point. And passing the torch is something you have to do eventually. Like it is something that has to happen, but uh, I guess that's my point is like, you have a horror series that has been this consistently good over multi decades and has delivered every time. And so I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm really excited for Scream 6, even though I don't know a lot about it, even though people are doubting certain parts of the movie from a behind the scenes thing. I don't care. Like, this is one of my favorite horror franchises. So I'm pretty excited about this one. Sure.
0: So, yeah, this kind of rolls back to me, doesn't it? Yeah so my final one of the year i haven't talked about it yet but everyone knows i'm a big fan of this franchise and we're getting another one and just because of practical effects practical stunts move people don't make movies like this very often and that's we get mission impossible seven
1: nice
0: (laughs) which is which is essentially mission impossible it's dead reckoning part one so mission impossible eight will be dead reckoning part two obviously the look they don't make movies like that, really, that not many people do, and everything with them has to be done practical, and Tom Cruise moves that, and then here's the thing. I was praising Tom Cruise for a lot of that practical stuff and the other Mission Impossible movies and the way he was trying to make his movies, yeah. and then we saw Top Gun, and Top Gun Maverick made you go, oh, that's a cinematic experience that we've been missing since the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, like everything was done for real. And here we are. Tom Cruise is about to drop another movie, which they did for real. So it just that's the part that has me really excited. You know, so let's you know, it's that's the thing where regardless of me enjoying the characters and enjoying the story and getting into the idea of what's the next spy mission they're going on, it's going to be a ride and it's going to be a cinematic experience. And at the end of the day, that's why we go see movies. And yeah. That, you know, that like, that's the reason you want to have that cinematic experience. That's why I'm there every week. That's why my butt's in that seat. I buy the same seat every time I just get wowed and enjoy and get to disappear into someone else's world for a little bit. And I come out with this like amazing, I guess, morality tale, if you will, of just fun and excitement. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So that's why Mission Impossible makes my final take
1: of the night. So, and, and I, I kind of feel like You know, Top Gun Maverick was the biggest film this summer. And I feel like that hype train might carry over into this Mission Impossible movie because it's like, you know, the next Tom Cruise movie to come out. But I think Tom Cruise is like the way he does films and the way he is really adamant about handling stunts practically. Like if we're going to do something, we're going to do it right and we're going to do it real. And I feel like because he has that angle to the craft of, uh, the films that he's involved in. I feel like, I mean, Mission Impossible is another really consistent series. Like you always know it's going to be good. And I feel like that top, that, uh, sort of Top Gun Maverick hype that might bring people to the theaters for this new movie. I feel like it's really going to deliver in the right way because of, uh, uh, Tom Cruise's like craft as far as when it comes to these stunts and everything like that. But uh, yeah, sure. I I should have seen this coming. Like, of course, this would make your list. Um, it all it didn't make my top five, but I'm definitely really excited for this one as well. So you've watched the other ones, right? Are you behind? Um, there's I've seen most of them. There's a couple in there that I haven't <laughs> watched
0: yet. Okay. I watched
1: them all in a really dumb order, but uh, I want to do a proper just watch them through from beginning to end, but.
0: You know, it's they haven't they have not yet referenced Mission Impossible 2 yet. Uh, the original movie. So it's interesting. And in, so you have the first movie introduced. sets the whole thing up for Tom Cruise to carry the new toy yeah. franchise. Mission Impossible 2. They have yet to make reference to yet. Mission Impossible 3 kind of set the stage for where they are now. So it's almost like three, four, five and six kind of all roll together seven and eight is going to be picking up beyond that. Right. They yeah. have a reference to, they made the most subtle reference to mission impossible one, the first movie and mission impossible six. It's the most subtle touching sentence set uh, uh, reference that makes yeah. me go. Wow. You know, like that was a pull, but it, it was a deep cut <laughs> Easter egg that made, I caught it and I was like, wow, that's crazy. And I feel like I'm like one of the only people that caught it. And then, if you watch the trailer for Mission Impossible 7, Kittridge from Mission Impossible 1 is back. So I'm really like, what's that mean? You know, so it just nice. I'm excited to see how this plays out. So, like I said, this. Yeah, I don't have much Absolutely. more to say on it. until I see the movie and then I'm going to be gushing about it then. So you guys just <laughs> wait for my review come
1: this come July. Anyway. um, Yeah, no, I was one last thing, as I was going to say, I am more likely to do a proper beginning to end watch through of the Mission Impossible movies than I am of the uh, Fast and Furious movies (laughs) because I'm behind on those as well. But I'm a lot more excited to watch Mission Impossible and get caught up on that, even though I know I hear the Fast and Furious movies are great. But uh, yeah, I just haven't gotten into those the same way that other people have. But uh, moving into my final pick. Yeah, I said I had some wild cards on, on my list and I really feel like Blue Beetle and Scream 6. Are definitely wild cards but uh this one is probably the biggest wild card i could think of for the next year and that's why i went with uh what's that winnie the pooh isn't it no <laughs> oh the blood and honey blood and one? honey <laughs> no that should have made my that should have been an honorable mention why didn't i put that one down no i actually went with uh rebel moon the upcoming oh yes zach snyder science fiction film for netflix that was basically crafted from his rejected uh, Star Wars script that he pitched to Disney that didn't go through. And uh, I don't know. This is one where I know barely anything about it. We've gotten a few behind the scenes photos we've seen. Like, I want to see say we've mostly just seen like concept art and maybe like a shot of like some sort of spacecraft. We don't know much of anything, but I just want to know what this is going to be like. I want to know what it is. And uh, this movie, it kind of has a disadvantage because Drew, you and I are going to be watching this and thinking, how does this fit into Star Wars? Like the whole time we watch it, we're like, so how is this going to be? How was this going to be a Star Wars movie? And I feel like that is a disadvantage. But I think just because of the wild card aspect, I'm so excited to see this because I just have to know what it is and uh zach snyder i love him as a director i'm a big fan of a lot of his movies every once in a while he's a hit or miss for me but i think the one thing that he always delivers on is uh visually like i think his cinematography his uh You know, how he oversees like the casting work and the design work on his movies. I always find that really inspiring. Um, He's one of my favorite directors from a visual sense. And so if nothing else, I know I'm going to love the visuals of this movie, but I just want to know what is this going to be? And that's (laughs) that's kind of why it tops my list in a really weird way. My concern more than anything
0: is knowing that this is a rejected Star Wars script. That got repurposed yeah. to be its own thing because Lucasfilm didn't want it makes me wonder: are we going to be watching it through the prism of what the hell did you guys just throw away? True. Like, like True. what if we come walking out of this going, you guys screwed yourself? This movie's amazing. I can't believe you tossed that away. That's my mm-hmm. concern. Um, I don't want to watch it through that prism because I want to enjoy it for what it is. But it's going to be sitting there – you're going to be watching it through that prism the whole time going, this is what Star Wars could have been? Holy crap. Absolutely. Or, or, wow, you guys made a good decision not making this a Star Wars movie, but I'm enjoying this anyway because it's good. Or this is a piece of right. garbage. Or, you know, we have no idea. But the <laughs> screenshots that they released looks great. We are – you and I are both fans of Zack Snyder, so I'm down. Let's see what he does next, you know? Yeah. So And, if, and I –
1: Well, I was just going to say regarding the whole rejected Star Wars aspect, I do know that Zack Snyder does tend to be very um, I feel like he does focus on really adult stories. And I don't know if that's where it didn't fit in with the more like family friendly Star Wars galaxy that's over there at Lucasfilm. Like, I don't know if that's where the disconnect was, where maybe he has like a really good story, but it was just a little too adult, and I'm not even only talking about like as far as um you know racy subject matter. Like it might just be really es- esoteric and maybe too. I don't want to say too philosoph- philosophical, but I feel like Zack Snyder does really focus on that sort of really subversive sort of thing that Disney might not be wanting to do with Star Wars. Well, I'm if with That you makes to, make sense. Um...
0: I'm with you to a point, but I will uh, serve up Andor as an example that um, that, in my opinion, is a little too adult for Star Wars. But that's me. So, yeah. Yeah. Did I lose you? Peter, did I lose you? I think I lost Peter. That's not good. Um, yeah, hang on. Let's see if we can get him back. All right. OK, so brief technical difficulties. I got Peter back. I don't know what dropped. So, Peter, if you want to explain what you what happened and why we dropped. And there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not really sure. I know I was in the middle of like saying something. And then all of a sudden I heard you, Drew, asking where I was, where I went. And I was sitting there like, well, I can hear you. So I don't know. It's just a weird Internet glitch or something like that. But uh, all right. Mainly what I was saying is, like, my take on Rebel Moon, though, being rejected by uh, Disney and Lucasfilm, I feel like my take on that is pretty nuanced because Star Wars is philosophical. Like, I don't want it to make it sound like Zack Snyder's movies are too esoteric or too smart for Star Wars, but I think um, he does focus on things from a very adult, mature viewing standpoint. But I just wanted to clarify, like. Star Wars is philosophy. The Force is philosophy. And I didn't want to undermine that at all. It's really my final points on that. So Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm with you. Um, it is weird that we have the technical difficulty where it is, because ultimately that is the end of our show for the week. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, I know. And I was so worried some, the recording was going to be messed up and we'd have to re-record everything. (laughs) Oh, I got it. And I just, like, I just got to splice a couple files together. It'll all work Mm -hmm. out. So,
0: slight technical difficulties. It's all good. It's whatever. It's 2023. Let's just hope that's not how the year shapes out, right? (laughs) Um, right. All right. So for next week, um, we are moving forward with our anticipated stuff. So next week, we're going to be talking about our uh, the five TV shows we're looking forward to in 2023, yep. And then we'll be back on track with our normal how we handle the show. So if this was your first time listening, normally Peter and I take turns picking back and forth as to what we're going to do. But these are sort of built in episodes that we do at the beginning of every year. So next week is our anticipated television of 2023. Um, I'm excited to talk because there's a lot of TV stuff coming. Um, bizarrely, a lot of it's franchise, to be completely honest. But hey, there's a lot coming. So, yeah. Uh, you ready to close this one out? Toss it in the can. <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. All right. So, everyone, do us all a favor. Check out our website, topfivereport.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, at gmail.com. Hitting us up there, uh, email, social media, either way works. We are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, um, Amazon, and Audible. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better, and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter, what about you?
1: Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I'll be taking the challenge and figuring out which energy drink really is the best, Minotaur, Slurm, or Chernobyl.
0: Ooh, <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know, I don't know. I'm a big fan of Ecto Cooler. Anyway, <laughs> nice. um, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.